0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Text Ray's message comes from the Gospel of Luke, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, if you take your Bible and you flip to any random part of scripture, do you know what you're gonna find? You're gonna find God's word. You're going to find a book that is inspired by the Holy Spirit, because all scripture is breathed out by God. All of these words come from him. And these are not just words of man, as plenty of people will tell you about the Bible. Because by putting the authorship of the Bible on men, well, others can claim that men are imperfect, and thus the word of man is imperfect and full of errors. Well, and when something is full of errors, then I don't have to listen to it. Peter makes it very clear. Yes, someone had to speak these words to people. Yes, someone had to write them down for us to be able to have them today. But these words were carried along by the Holy Spirit. These words did not come from the mind of men, but they came from God. If you turn to the first page of the Bible, you're going to see that this book begins with God. In the beginning, God created. Not man, not a random occurrence, not a big bang. God created. And it was. And not only did God breathe life into the words of the Bible, He breathed life into His creation. And if you turn to the last page of the Bible, you're going to see that this book ends with God. Revelation 22. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. Not man. God's grace be with you all. And as you look at all the words in between the beginning and the end, you're going to see God weaving his story together. He is going to make everything connect. That's why when someone puts together a picture of all of the cross references of the Bible, it looks like this. So much scripture connects to other parts of scripture. So much scripture is there to help us understand other scripture, interpret other parts of scripture. And so much scripture foretells of what is to come. And as the story is weaved together, as promises of God are made, promises of God are kept. And the pages are filled with history the history of the world, and you see amidst all of it, one thing in the center of it all, and that is Jesus. He's there in the beginning with the Father and the Spirit before all things are created, and he's there in the end with the Father and the Spirit calling all believers to himself. And as you make your way through God's word, you're going to see that it is filled with everyone who isn't God trying to make themselves the center. Make the story more about them than about God. Make you want to trust the words of others rather than the word of God. I mean, look at Satan's temptation to Eve. Did God actually say, you shall not eat any tree in the garden? Did God actually say this. Because if God didn't actually say this, then you don't have to listen to it. And we know that listening to Satan didn't really turn out very well for Adam and Eve. Didn't really turn out well for any of us either, because from their sin of disobedience, all people, all of us, are born into sin. We commit actual sins by continuing to disobey God and his words, just like our first parents, Adam and Eve. And the consequence for our sin is death. Physical death, which will come for all of us. Our bodies fail us. They break down. They go through all kinds of sickness, disease, cancer, heart attack, stroke, you name it, sin did it. But our punishment extends beyond physical death. Because what we deserve for our sin is eternal death. It's hell. So it's no surprise that Satan wants to lead us astray, wants us to sin, because God's word tells us that Satan's character is that of a liar. Did God really say? He is a murderer who wants us to die in unbelief so that we do go to hell. And there is no truth in him because he is the father of lies. So is it really surprising that the first attack still in our world today has to do with the things that God actually said? Are the words that are contained in this book, are they actually the words of God? Because if they aren't really God's word, then you don't have to hear anything that it has to say to you. And if you don't have to listen to it, then you don't have to hear that you are a sinner deserving of death. And who wants to hear that? But if you don't have to listen to this, then you're also going to miss the most important part. And that is Jesus. If you listen to God's word, you're going to hear about the failures of many people. But every once in a while, you'll see someone come along who gets at least something right. And today we see that John is one of those people. And the reason that John was able to do something right is because the Spirit was at work in him. We know that John was filled with the Holy Spirit even in his mother's womb. That's how we know that babies can have faith. Was John perfect? No, of course not. He was a sinner like the rest of us. But he knew his place. He knew his role. And his role was to prepare. His role was to prepare the people for the coming of the Christ. How did he know that the Christ was coming? Because the Holy Spirit was at work in him. Just like the words of the Bible produced by men were carried along by the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit carried the words to John as well. So that John could say, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John understood that before the Christ, he was not worthy. He knew that he was not the center of the story that Christ was. All he was doing was pointing people in the right direction. And as John's father, Zechariah, foretold, John was there to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. This was the good news that John preached to the people, the light to those sitting in darkness and death, that the Christ would be far greater than him, bring salvation and forgiveness and peace to his people. And he knew that when Christ came, When Christ actually came, that John, he would decrease and Christ would increase. John prepared the way for Christ, and when Christ came, John and his ministry would slowly fade away. Of course, it didn't help that John gets imprisoned and eventually beheaded, and that's when his ministry has really ended for good. We remember John for his work of preparation for his faithfulness and even as Jesus spoke of John being the greatest of of men born of women he was a great instrument that God used to prepare and point people to Jesus that same thing still happens today there are people who are called to prepare the way to point others to Christ that God uses that is the role of pastor. Yet there are many pastors all over the world who are not like John, who make the ministry about them and not about Christ. They would rather increase themselves and decrease Christ. And so much of it is about them that if they were to leave that church, that congregation, the ministry would fall apart. Some of them. Even feel that they are the ones who provide the words of eternal life. Wait, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? And, oh wait, that was Peter saying that statement about Jesus. Jesus has the words of eternal life. Guess what? Pastors aren't perfect. They're sinners just like everyone else. And sometimes we get it wrong we make it about us and not about Christ. That's why my prayer is always that the Holy Spirit gives me the words to speak to God's people, to each and every one of you, so that they are not seen as my words, but his words. Pastors should be more like John. We must decrease and Christ must increase. And we should do exactly what, the, what, the, what Zechariah prophesied that John would do, because these words still hold true today. We should be here before you, before each and every one of you, to give knowledge of salvation to God's people and the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And we can only do this through the Holy Spirit's power working in us. We're in the season of Advent, a time of preparation, where we prepare for Christ's coming that first Christmas. We prepare our hearts and minds to celebrate his birth, because his birth means so much for us. But his birth is only one part of it all. There are other parts of Jesus' story that we cannot leave out, that we cannot skip over. That we cannot ignore. His birth is great. It's a time of celebration and joy and hope and love and peace and gift giving. As we think about the greatest gift each and every one of us have ever received in Christ. Yes, his birth is wonderful. But we have to journey years ahead. To the time of John's ministry and beyond where Christ comes along ultimately to lay down his life for us. Jesus Christ, true man and true God, born of the Virgin Mary, dies on the cross voluntarily for us. Why? Because he knew that it was the only way for us to receive the forgiveness of our sins. It was the only way for us to be saved from death and hell. It was the only way to rescue us from the traps that Satan places before us all the time. It was the only way for all of us who sit in darkness and in sin and in death to be brought into the light and given life. And he did it all because he loves us and he wants to spend forever with us. He does not want us to perish, but he wants us all to have eternal life. And just as he has died and risen from the dead, he has promised us that he will come again. And so we are always in a time of preparation, called to be ready for Christ's second coming, when he will gather all believers to himself for all eternity. This is what God's word is about. This is what the scriptures point to. It's all about Christ. His first coming, his life, his death, his resurrection from the dead, and his second coming that is yet to come. From beginning end to end, from start to finish, these are God's words. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they most certainly are the words of eternal life. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding... Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.